Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to episode 3.8. For those who are just listening and not seeing any visuals (laughs) at all, um, I'm crying laughing, and I'm also really red from embarrassment, but it's okay. We are in a different room today, and there are some new chairs, and I decided to fuck around with one of the levers, and I didn't know it was just going to send me backwards. (laughs) <laughs> and it definitely sent me backwards right before we started recording. So the way that we, you know, we'll go into uh, these uh, sessions when we're in the studio is that we have to be silent for like 10 seconds before uh, they start playing our intro music. So in that 10 seconds was when Alyssa decided, hey, I'm going to lower my chair. We've been sitting in this room for some time now. I like, okay, <laughs> I've sat in chairs like this before at work and whatnot. See? Yeah, <laughs> it's a big dip when you drop it. It's not this My like little thing. My feet touch the floor now. Oh, now your feet touch the floor. Anyways, I decided to fuck around with the chair during the 10 seconds of silence and then there wasn't any silence because I <laughs> was just like, oh, everything is fine. Uh, yeah, we were sitting here crying and laughing and our... <laughs> The, our uh, sound technician, Mike, uh, he, Mike he asked us Mike to guy. start over if we wanted to start over. And we were fully ready to just go through. I was ready uh, to dive <laughs> right into all the embarrassment. <laughs> but this is just my life. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode 3.8. We're really excited about today's episode. But before we get into it, we definitely want to um, jump into our Watch Your Struggle segment. But I think before that... We do want to talk about what happened over the weekend. Um, we're recording this on the weekend, but this is coming out on a Wednesday. So for us, it just we just found out about this yesterday. But by the time this comes out, it would have been a few days. Um, a legend and a true champion and a hero passed away, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, on September 18th. Uh, and we definitely need to discuss this before we even talk about anything, just because this is such a monumental point of 2020 that none of us saw coming of and course it would happen in 2020 after the year that we've had of it's, course this broke my heart and we lost someone who fought for equality who fought for change who fought for systemic change She was a true feminist icon who Mm -hmm. wanted the best for everybody, who wanted everybody to have choices, who wanted people to live without fear and live the life that they always wanted to live. And Mm -hmm. I'm getting emotional. I mean, Ruth. Oh, my God. I'm like, tears are welding up. Ruth was a fighter all the way through. It absolutely breaks my heart that she passed away from pancreatic cancer. I mean, cancer itself is a shitty, shitty disease. I wish and it even didn't pan- exist. And pancreatic and pan- is one of the mm-hmm. worst forms of cancer that you can get. And naturally, she got that and literally fought until the day um, she couldn't fight any longer and really was just a true definition of a leader We talked about it in our most recent episode with Donovan that every leader needs to show empathy. And she did Mm -hmm. in everything that she did. She empathized. She looked at both sides. She looked at the entire picture before making her decision. And now I truly am afraid for what is to come next. I, yeah, I'm terrified. Um, I can't even, I mean, my, my head was swimming last night with just what all this can mean. And I, you know, I don't want to get political right now. We got political in the last episode. Um, you know, the only thing that I'm going to say, guys, is your vote is very important right now. Please go vote. We are truly voting for her replacement mm-hmm. if these motherfuckers decide to actually do the respectful thing and wait until the election's over. And that's all we can hope for is that they give Ruth the peace and justice she deserves by not only waiting until making this decision after the election but making sure we honor her life and her life work she was a complete just i keep saying leader and a fighter but that's what she was she started a movement when the movement wasn't even there she just really changed the world and i hope that 
the person who replaces her honors that position because she held on to that for so long and she literally was going to hold on to it until the day she died and she did that mm-hmm. and i mean to think there's a lot of articles coming out about like what are her last words and it's almost a little heartbreaking to hear that on you know in her last days she repeatedly kept telling people whatever you do please tell the president and congress to wait to take my replacement or to vote on my replacement until after the election that's all she kept saying that's all she wanted and if they truly respect her as a professional as a leader and diplomat of change they will honor this wish because this is her true like dying wish out of all of this is to really honor and respect the courts and honor and respect the high position she held she just she did so much for america she did so much for women she did she just did so much there's just a running list of accomplishments that she had succeeded in her time that she had spent even before she was on the supreme court she she was fighting the whole time and she was one of the founders of the first women's law journal she graduated at the top of her class literally tied first Mm -hmm. when she was at columbia she at was Columbia, a, folks, like, already like, on. at one of the very top law schools in the nation. Not only was she in there, but she was she tied first for her class and she just paved the way for so much legis- legislation to get passed for equal pay um, for women to be treated the same as men. Um, she paved the way so much for LGBTQ rights and just wanting people to have choices. And I think we're at a point where people are afraid of these choices being taken away. I keep making the joke now over the last like 24 hours, like I should go get another IUD real quick before they do this. And I'm actually considering it now because I'm truly afraid of what's going to happen. Will that right be taken away from me? Will these things? And I think all of this boils down to please go fucking vote. Do not be that person who doesn't get their absentee ballot because they think their vote doesn't matter. Your vote does matter. Your vote matters now more than ever. Like our, mm-hmm. this, this isn't just a regular election year. What happens in this election is going to change the course of America for at least the next hundred years, if not more. So please go vote. Please go do your part. Yes. We have this right as American citizens for now is what I'll say. Um, We need to keep it. We need to keep all of our rights. We need to keep moving forward. We cannot move back. Yes. And if you are looking for resources, you need them. We posted them in last week's episode bio. We're going to post them again in this week's episode bio. We have those for who live in New York, exactly where you can get your absentee ballot. Um, And we have some other resources linked as well if you live outside of the New York area because it's important to be informed and it's important to make sure that you are getting the correct unbiased resources of how to vote absentee if you're not comfortable voting in person Mm -hmm. or if you do want to vote in person, um, those resources are available as well. Yeah. All right. We need to move forward because this is just – but before we move forward – Rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rest Thank in you power. for Rest. everything that you've done. And, uh, you know, uh, to the family, I hope that you guys find peace in your time of mourning. My heart goes out to you. Um, you know, just thank you i i don't know what else to say i know i know rest in power and thank you for everything that you did for women thank you for everything you did for your country and for every minority group out there for every community that's ever felt marginalized or discriminated against you fought for them and you changed the world wow i'm like so emotional about it everything is fine oh okay well on that note let's go into what's your struggle this really only works when we're in the studio honestly yeah every time we do a virtual recording and we try and sync up it just doesn't happen well because we we need to be together and we need to be recording on the same device when whenever even when we do virtual recordings like at our apartment we can't be on the same nope computer Mm -mm. so it don't work like that all right well here we are all right, Sabrina, what's your struggle? Um, that is not related to what we just talked about. <laughs> I know. Uh, 
Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I had one and I lost it. I mean, because we got so into what was going on in our conversation <laughs> before this. Um, I mean, oh, God. Oh, you know what? I am just getting into the swing of work now. So I know the last episode I talked about I was doing training. Now I'm in, in it. I am sitting behind a computer i'm filling out emails i'm making calls i'm like really like working now and going from not really you know doing much of things like that i guess that's how i'll say it uh to doing that for uh, you know six to eight hours a day four to five days a week um It it is a little a lot, and this past week I know that the first day I was doing it, I kept just making little mistakes left and right. I was sending an email, I wasn't like attaching the form that needed to be attached to it, or I'd or I'd fill out the I'd copy and paste the the email template that they want us to use, and I would send it, hey so and so, it's XX from which call it because I forgot to put my name where it said XX and. Luckily, I was able to, the next day, I took a step back, um, and I slowed down, uh, and I uh, I read a little bit more. Um, mm. I am noticing I am having a little bit of the focus issues and, like, just being there and not having yeah. my head go all over the place. It's um, tough when you, you go zero to 100 in a day, and you don't really have a moment to kind of reground yourself. Cause I get like that too in work where it's like, I'm doing seven different things and five of them were due and over an hour ago. And it's like, now I have to like figure out how to refocus and retrain my brain to just like sit there and do what I got to do and do that one task mm-hmm. without jumping to the next one. Or like I would, I, I looked at my list and I just like this running list of people that I needed to fill out the contact logs and I needed to, you know, send them forms and shit like that. And like, I had this whole running list and then my boss just was like, here's more work to do. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to get this done before the end of the day? What is happening? Um, welcome oh, to well, my world. Welcome back to the working world, Sabrina. I mean, it, it's, it, it's good to be back. I am, I am very thankful that, you know, I did get back into a job. I do understand that there are people out there who still don't have, a job who oh, were let go at the you, beginning. And, and you know what's even scarier too? I had unfortunately a few colleagues reach out to me this week that they got furloughed and furloughs and layoffs are still happening. Yeah, and that's I mean it's so, fucking scary. Yes, I'm I'm struggling a little bit at work, but like I'm I'm thankful that, you know, I do have a job and I yeah, have Yeah, but it doesn't mean your struggles are not valid because yeah. they are like getting back in the swing of things, no matter if it's coming back to work from being laid off or furloughed or coming back from vacation or even a day off is a lot. Especially if the whole entire industry has changed, which for you, I know it has changed. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and it's not just adjusting to becoming a coach again, but it's adjusting to new cleaning standards. It's adjusting to new customer service procedures. It's adjusting everything you were taught to do beforehand and being told like, oh, you actually can't do that. You have to do it this new way now. So it's relearning and retraining your brain. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get back into it again. You, you know, will. Before, before the pandemic, I was go, 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 bopping all around the city. My mom, my mom follows me on Life360 and she'll say like, wow, like, do you ever stop during the day? And I'm like, no, uh, it, we really so. don't though. And it's, it's definitely a New York City culture thing to continue to be on the go because, you know, when I want to be home, I want to be home. I don't want to have to go out again. And that's Mm -hmm. just kind of how it is here. Like I'm already out. I could just keep going on the train. I could keep doing this or that. And it's just easier to get everything done all while I'm outside. And especially now too, with like the pandemic, we have to plan more than we ever did before of everything Mm -hmm. we need to do while we're out. So when we're home, we can come home and quarantine and wash our hands, sanitize, whatever, do what you got to do. Um, so I get it, man. You're going to get it though. It's, you're going to get it. The more you keep doing it, the better it's yeah. going to get. I mean, I definitely feel, I feel better after the end of this week than what I did after the end of last, last week. Not to say that like I, um, you know, felt terrible after my week of training, but it was like, it was just like that feeling of overwhelm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it anyways, ain't good, man. Alyssa, what is your struggle? Same struggle as last week. Uh, work-life balance, still not great. 
Well, it's hard when you're working from home. So it is like I I think last week compared to this week, I have definitely been a little bit better of setting my boundaries, but there are still moments where I'm not. And it's those moments that I'm not are the ones that are still weighing on me. You know, when I sign off and my work stuff is put away in my backpack, like, so I started this thing earlier on when we started working from home of not leaving my work stuff out. Like I, because when I go to work, I have like a little bit of like a fashion backpack or whatever that holds like my laptop, my keyboard, my mouse, my charger, like all my work supplies. You're such a stylish businesswoman. I know. I'm so stylish. (laughs) But okay, so before my office, we had lockers and anybody who works in the agency world, we all have feelings about the lockers, but it, it was nice to like put my stuff away. And I would still always carry my laptop back and forth with me because God forbid I needed to work from home. I had it with me. There's still that feeling at the end of the day where I would pack up my shit and go home. So I started this a few months ago. I started doing it in May where like I actively packed up my backpack like I was leaving work and like put it away. Well, now because, you know, I can have Gmail on my phone. I have Google Hangouts on my phone. Like I and I, and I don't have notifications being set to them, but I'm even realizing just having it on my phone is still a problem mm-hmm. because I'll wake up in the morning, even before I clock in or sign on, I'm checking my emails. I'm checking my calendar. I'm checking chats. Like I can't do that anymore. I just can't like it's, it sets this precedent for the day where I'm just anxious and like ready to get going. And I don't want to get going yet because mm-hmm. I want to get up and work out and enjoy my coffee before I have to, Uh, start work for the day and it's not a thing of like I can't get up earlier because I get up now at like 6 a.m every day like I'm very much on Mm -hmm. a schedule but it's learning how to not be on my phone as much Mm -hmm. and I I, I've done it well for my personal life enough like I deleted Twitter completely I just couldn't handle it anymore I just it was so much noise that I just needed to remove myself I deleted like my Facebook app from my phone. So I'm not doing it on my phone and I have to go and seek it out. But now with work, it's, it's difficult and we're getting ready um, to get into some pretty big like seasonal work that I'm a part of and it's going to be really tricky. So I'm struggling to figure out my boundaries now because I need to figure them out now before November when my workload is going to be doubled essentially. And it's not in a bad way. It's just like the time of year, like Q4 is always hard. Um, And I know I'll figure it out. I'm just still kind of struggling to not just like pop on my Gmail real quick or, you know, pop on my chats. Yeah. It's tough. That's, that's the tough thing with technology and the internet and all that stuff, you know, it can, it's like it can be such a good thing but then it's such it can be such a bad thing at the same time because you can just be so easily reached there's yeah, no it's so readily available and you know what makes me a little bit fearful what is that will there ever be that boundary between work and home again because well okay i think before There was a physical boundary, right? You used to pack up your shit, get on the subway, be on the subway for 40 minutes or 30 minutes, and then be home. So there was that physical boundary. And now we kind of have to redefine that boundary. For some people who are able to go into an office and feel safe and comfortable doing that, they're able to get back to that. But for, you know, someone like me, like I, my living room and my bedroom are less than two feet away from each other. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for me to define that because I don't have like an office. I don't have like a desk. Like I work from a coffee table. Like it's very, there are multiple people in my situation. I know some people who work straight from their bed right now because they live in a very tiny ass apartment and just don't have that separation. So it's really tricky in New York. I think for those out of New York, it can, I don't know everybody's situation, but I do think it can be easier if you create that separate space. And I think if you have that separate space and you are really clear with your boundaries of like, okay, this room is my work room. This room is my personal room. Like this is my home. What if, hear me out. I had an idea. Hmm. I hope it's not, I hope it's not too far away from what we're talking about. It's, it's not but kind of is. Um, okay. What if, you know how like we, you can get those like dressing divider things. What if we got one of those, put it up in the living room around you? We don't got space for that. To divide the room. Literally you fold it up. The divider can like be really skinny, bro. You just, you fold it up and then you just 
fold it back open and it closes. It's it's an idea. It's an idea. It's an idea to help separate. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's our apartment's we- too small. We don't have space for anything else. Where are you gonna store it when it has to be folded up? It ain't going in my room and it ain't going in the fourth room. Listen. Or I mean the shit keeps falling off the walls because they're doing construction in our apartment oh. still. So you can just we can keep it open but just flatten it all out and put it behind the couch. And it could be a decorative piece for behind the couch because I love your creativity and I love your ability to think of these things very quickly, but we live in too small of a space. I wish I would want to say yes, but we don't got shit to put it. Listen, it's a thought. It is a thought. It's don't, a good thought. Don't don't I like, shut the book. Yeah. I'm not shutting the you book. You can like keep it crap. I'm not like, shutting the book. No, the idea is a good idea. I'm just saying back to your original point of are we able to define that boundary for people like me that I can't do that. I need a physical boundary. Yeah. And I get that. And I think if you have that where you take it down, it's not like in my mental head, it's like a thing of, and I'm going too much of a tangent before we even get into this episode, but I need that physicality there. I need to remove myself and not have to feel like I'm breaking down my boundary because in my head with a divider like that, I'm breaking down my boundary and I don't want to break down my boundaries. That makes sense though. Um, I do think it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's a it's, bad idea. It's a good temporary idea for right now while you can't go into the office. But yeah, I mean, I get that you want to have that separate space between where you're doing all your work and where you like to lounge and be comfortable. Yeah. It's, it's a necessary thing. It's so necessary. And I'm, Hopeful when we move next year, we'll have a bigger space. Not hope we will because I ain't settling for anything. That's our current space. It just, it can't happen again. So, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're a realtor and you won't bullshit us, hit us up. Let me know. Hit us up on Instagram. Email us at keepingittogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Not just for realtor questions or if you are selling an apartment. If you want to give us content ideas, you're more than welcome. Well, if, if you want to sell us an apartment, uh, we are looking for a three-bedroom. Four, so. Four-bedroom. Four-bedroom. Four four-bedroom. Four-bedroom. We have a fourth room. We are getting a four-bedroom. All right. I guess I guess we're, we're high rollers. We're, we're going for the four-bedroom. We have too much shit. <laughs> we have a room just for all of our shit. But we also, like, don't have a closet. So, like, that's just, like, a large closet. Like, we don't have a common space closet. So, it's just, like, a room that is just an enlarged Okay. Well, that room also has a bed in it. It has a twin bed in there. Well, yeah, because we made it to guest room. But anyways. Anyways. Okay. Actually, (laughs) what we wanted to talk about today, it's a very relevant topic, I think, of what's just been going on in the last probably three or four years is cancel culture. And there has been a lot of debates going around in 2020 of freedom of speech versus cancel culture because... Number one, first and foremost, we all need to be better about thinking before we speak. Mm -hmm. The internet is forever. And whatever you put out on the internet, that shit ain't ever going away. No matter if you delete it, it is still there. People forget this, that the internet is this giant massive Mm -hmm. cloud that nothing is ever truly deleted. No, because even as it is, people are smart. They will screenshot the things that you say. They, it's... Especially with celebrities. It's it's just easier to not post it at all than to try and cover your tracks, try to delete, try to make your accounts private, try to yeah. do that kind of stuff. It's yeah. just easier to, to not put it out there. And what's been happening, especially with cancel culture over the last couple of years, it's things from 10 or 15 years ago that are getting brought up and should get brought up if they're truly, truly wrong. Like there's been a lot of heat um, around... Kevin Hart, for example, he had a lot of anti-LGBTQ comments back in the day. Um, There's a lot of, like, Bill Cosby. He's definitely canceled. Mm. Granted, for a lot of other various non-internet reasons. But cancel culture is very serious and it's very real. And it's not going to go away. Unfortunately, we're in a day and age where we do need to hold people accountable to their Mm -hmm. actions. I think before we start even talking about kind of how it really started, it is important to give the actual definition of cancel culture and cancellation 
We took this from the New York Times, and uh, they say that cancellation, properly understood, refers to an attack on someone's employment and reputation by a determined collective of critics based on an opinion or an action that is alleged to be disgraceful and disqualifying. Very long-winded answer saying cancel culture is very opinionated, Um, but Mm -hmm. I do think the ones that have been canceled more recently are very justified, and they're Mm -hmm. on moral issues that everyone should be canceled over if you're doing that shit wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. I think cancel culture obviously really started with the Me Too movement, but there were a lot of like household names that got really taken down by this. Bill Cosby being one of them, Matt Lauer. Remember oh, when Matt Lauer happened? Yeah. Oh, God. And I found that shit kind of ironic because he plays the bad guy in The Lovely Bones and he turned out to be the bad guy. That's exactly. why he played it so well. Look at look at Michael Jackson. He kind of got canceled, kind of didn't. It's like uh, and I'm that's a that, that's a tricky situation there. Nah, he should just be canceled. I mean, yeah. Like, I'm uh, sorry. After everything that came out, like I can't support that music. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I support Michael Jackson at all. I yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to. We all know what happened. It's, I mean, yes, we we know what happened. Yeah, man, you know, I it's just, fucked up. Um, yeah, Louis C.K. is another one who yeah. got really canceled really quickly. I mean, he had a great show. Um, I think it was on FX. I can't remember the network called Louis. And I mean, he was a great comedian, but he was gross and he was nasty. And like what he was doing, like you don't just whip your dick out in front of somebody and think that's not like not going to get called out on. I think the general consensus here is it doesn't matter how talented you are, what kind of talent you have. You can't mm-hmm. be a gross, disgusting, right. rapey, predatory human being. Right, and you can't make those comments on the internet especially. Mm-mm. I think what's really interesting is that cancel culture, I was looking up some different things about it because I really wanted to get an informed opinion before we talked about this. Of like, okay, how did it get so prevalent today outside mm-hmm. of the Me Too movement? Because now people are getting canceled for things they say on the internet. We were talking about this earlier, but J.K. Rowling is one of them. Mm-hmm. She went on Twitter and made a comment uh the gist of it was around trans women saying they're not real women saying they're not real women which we all know is um not a fact we know trans women are real women they identify as a woman so guess what they're a woman and her career is going to be pulled down because of it and because of that whole thing i started looking like okay where did this actually stem from twitter was the first platform that started cancel culture there were hashtags um going around hashtag canceled hashtag you're canceled cancel him cancel her or hashtag cancel and then they would put the name of whoever that person is Mm -hmm. and because on twitter things can get trending that's how more people found out about it Mm -hmm. i feel like i see a new trend every day on twitter they're trying to cancel somebody else something else it's it, it it makes it hard to just even have an opinion about things right because we do have a freedom of speech Um, We do, we should be allowed to say what we want, but there obviously needs to be a lens to make sure that what we're putting out there is right and just because ultimately the true point of canceling is to really help set Mm -hmm. societal standards. That's like one of the big things of every article I've read is like the original goal of cancel culture was to help people define the do's and don'ts with a major emphasis on the don'ts. And because of that, it's led to just us canceling so many other things before we even understand the facts. Yeah. I feel like with some of these things, like we're jumping the gun, like obviously not with JK Rowling, not with, uh, look at Wayfair. Look at what just happened with Wayfair recently. Oh yeah. People, people jumped the gun real quick on that. And I admit I did too for a minute. (laughs) I kind of did too. But then all this stuff came out. Wait, I think Wayfair even released a statement like, and it came to be completely debunked. And there was like a site bug. Somebody who worked there like did all of this shit and made it seem like there was sex trafficking going on when like there was never. It was a whole like internal issue with Wayfair. Mm-hmm. Someone who was posting on the site did something wrong. But because people were so ready to, you know, jump on that, cancel them. I mean, their business could have completely failed and for no actual reason. Exactly. And that's where a lot of this gets tricky is we can't be so quick to cancel someone without knowing the facts. And we're so quick to do it now just with all of the various movements that have happened in the last four years, especially during Trump's presidency. It's been very quick to cancel anybody who is 
has supported him, is supporting him, whatever it may be, cancel culture has started to become a little bit more political. Yeah. Okay. So done. I mean, yeah, the left, the left is a little bit they're they're easier because they, you know, the left is the side that wants to accept all and the liberal and we, they, you know, you want to move forward. So, of course, if you have somebody who's like racist or sexist or those are the easy cancellations, yeah. those are definitely the easy cancellations because nobody should do that in and of itself and even going on that theme of like easy cancellation celebrities are a huge target Mm -hmm. unfortunately i think if you do choose that influencer celebrity lifestyle you are subjecting yourself to a public eye you are putting yourself in that public image and representing yourself you better be damn ready for all of us to come and and look at what you're doing and what image you're putting out there if you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, whatever it may be, like all of your old stuff that maybe you want hidden is never actually hidden Mm-mm. and can be brought up. If if somebody wants to find it, like they'll find it. People yeah. are so good with computers these days. You have your computer hackers. Yep. Like, yup. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy, but it, it makes it, it makes it hard for the celebrities who are putting out a good image Mm-hmm. We we talked about this in the elevator, right? Like it it can make it really hard because if it's on the internet, we don't have context or tone. No. And it sarcasm especially can't ever truly be read unless you like are very familiar with that celebrity and if it's somebody who you've seen that you're not familiar with, you could instantly go to cancel them. But if we don't know the context or tone of which they're saying something, it could not be that type of statement that we're thinking it's made out to be. Yeah, cuz I mean, on what gets posted on the internet, I mean, it's it's the one side to the story, you know, and there's yep. always two sides or multiple sides to the story. Uh, and there's a lot of mental health issues that can come from this, too. Oh, like, yeah. canceling someone can be really debilitating. I, I mean, mean, James Charles, look what happened to him. Yeah. Not saying his comments were right, but... Wow, like he... I mean, that was that was a situation where people were quick to cancel him, and I mean, I'm not I'm not super big in like the YouTube community or whatever. Me either. But I know that a lot of those, uh, you know, makeup artists they were they were quick to cancel him, quick to call him out, and then you know a year later it got turned out that actually it was Jeffrey Star and Shane Dawson that were like really behind it, and I mean now they're technically canceled because Shane is Shane came out to be a pedophilic shithead, but. Oof. You know, so, you know, but poor James, he went through like a depression. Like he was only 19 years old and people were out to cancel him, destroy his career. If we look at, you know, the Taylor Swift situation back in 2016, people were ready to, was it 2016 or was it a little bit before that? I think it was a little bit before then. But people were so ready to cancel her and forget everything else that she had done in her career Wait, re- remind me why was she getting why was she trying to be canceled it was the kim kanye situation oh and all the stuff when kim was like oh she knew about this okay when, I remember. when in reality taylor didn't know the full extent so she knew the song was coming out but she didn't know they didn't know ever they didn't tell her all the details yeah that were so but you know they, they recorded her saying that it was okay but they didn't record themselves you know saying okay, this is what the song's going to be. And they, they didn't tell her that it was going to be derogatory. And as we know, Taylor Swift, she just, she, she disappeared. You know, yep. one of one of the biggest superstars in America just disappeared because society was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done with you. You're a snake. And you know who's also recently done this that nobody knows why and we're all trying to figure it out? RuPaul. Nobody, you're going to say that. Nobody yeah. knows what happened. So RuPaul completely deleted his Instagram and there's so many conspiracy theories going on and, as much as I love RuPaul and I'm such an advocate, there has been some controversy over the years. And I think even in 2020, there's just so much weighing on him that he's like, okay, I actually need to remove myself. I mean, Mm -hmm. what happened with season 12 with Sherry pie was like super fucking bad. So those who haven't heard about this, Sherry pie was a contestant on season 12 of RuPaul's drag race after the season finished filming, which Sherry made it um, to the top four. There were there were multiple people in the drag and LGBTQ community that came out and said Sherry Pie was a pedophile and molested um, multiple people. There were multiple mm. accounts of Sherry Pie posing to be a director 
and reaching out to people over Craigslist and Facebook or wherever to get them to audition for some fake movie and would have them like come for this in-person interview after like multiple Zoom oh my like, God. things. And one of the accounts said uh, this actor was feeling not confident in something or whatever. And Cherry Pie was like, yeah, you should just go and masturbate and like uh, force people to masturbate in front of her. And this was a huge scandal. And like this came out after the very first episode aired with Sherry mm-hmm. Pie because people found out obviously who the cast was during all the promos and whatnot. And because of that, they actually had to redo the entire show in terms of editing. And they like edited out as much as they could of Sherry Pie because it was such a huge scandal. And it's did, like, did she, uh, we don't, did, did she win season 12? No. Cause they, oh. they removed her before the live finale. She did not win. Oh, okay. Good. This, there was going to be a live finale. So they like didn't invite her back. Like she was out because season 12, the live finale happened obviously in quarantine as we all know. Um, it was back in, I think April is when it aired. It could have been March, but anyways, they had to remove her from it. And it was a huge scandal. And like a lot of people were attacking Rue and the producers and the casting directors for not doing thorough background checks because of this. And they were like, you brought on someone who was a pedophile to the show and to a community where acceptance and feeling like you can be yourself is promoted so heavily. And because of that, a lot of people are thinking that he had to remove himself from social media because he was afraid of being canceled. I mean, that's that's a tricky situation um, because I don't know how easy it was for people to find this information. I mean, they obviously found it about Sherry Pie. Uh, is it is it Cherry or Sherry? Sherry. Sherry, that's what I thought. Um, this is – that's tricky because, you know, somebody didn't do their job to do a thorough background check. Well, it's also if it – if you do the background check and nothing comes up. But yeah, there's, there's also that issue too. This is that issue as well. And unfortunately for Sherry pie before I even knew about anything. Cause what happened was I was watching the season and I see these cut scenes and I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? There were cut scenes after the the beginning of each episode and the end of like, um, of saying, you know, we don't support this. And there were episodes, unfortunately, where Sherry Pie won money. And so they actually took the show, took back the winnings and donated them to the Trevor Project. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? And obviously, this is now on the Internet forever. So Sherry Pie is canceled. Um, I mean, yeah. her career I mean, she, is she unfortunately ruined. She deserves to be for what she did. It's so, so, so wrong. But because the internet and the internet is forever, that shit ain't ever going away. Mm-hmm. It's never going away. I... And, yeah. and it's it's kind of scary. I mean, when the internet first started, everybody remembers what our parents said. Don't talk to strangers on the internet. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. But now what do people do? We talk to strangers on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we forget that there's a person behind the computer screen. I think we often forget about that. And I mean, even to these people who are canceled that shouldn't have been canceled, that turns out that, okay, we were wrong. We shouldn't have canceled them. Like, we forget that they're human beings. Yeah. And that when we're so quick to jump and to cancel somebody to, you know, just exile them from society, you know, we need to make sure that we have all the facts. We need to have everything in order because, yes, some people deserve to be canceled like Sherry Pie. But, like, if we don't have all the facts, you're ruining somebody's life for no reason. It's a whole new form of bullying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think people forget you know, would you say this to someone in person? Yeah. Would you actually say that to somebody's face? If the answer is no or maybe, don't fucking say it. Exactly. Don't fucking say it. Like, I don't care if you're posting a tweet, a Facebook status, an Instagram post, like whatever it may be. Like, that should be a representation of who you are. Mm -hmm. Your brand, your personality, like whatever it may be, you need to make sure this is something you would say to somebody. It's like, I know that it's so easy because that computer screen's right there, you know, or that phone screen's right there and you can just type and you could just send. It's it's easy. You know, there's not much thought into it. It's easy to make that comment to somebody mm-hmm. to be a bitch, be an ass, whatever. Um, but we really got to start thinking before we post, thinking before you type. Thinking before you yep. send. Um, Do you know what's fucking crazy now? There are literally so many articles out there that now offer advice on how to not be canceled. 
and I don't like them. I like, I don't like a lot of them. Like one of them was talking about how you should be careful weighing in on any social or political issues and was almost like telling people like, just don't say anything about it at all. And it's like, no, we can't, we shouldn't hold back our thoughts. We just need to be more careful and think before we speak. Like truly think about your words. Like my mom used to always say to me, think before you speak. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has always stuck with me because once you put it out there, you can't take it back on the internet. No. You can't take it back if you say it to somebody. And if it's not something you would say face to face, don't put it on the internet. Just don't do it. Exactly. I mean, if, if you really, if you really got to say it, if you really got to get it out there, go walk into the bathroom, go look yourself in the eye in the mirror and say it. You know, you I'm know? that psycho at work who reads emails out loud before I send them, before I send them to clients or whomever. Oh, I caught myself doing that like all day yesterday at work, reading the emails out loud before I sent them because I was so afraid of like, you know, a typo or a misspelling. And those are just little errors. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, reading out your risky post, I mean, read it out loud. Make sure it sounds right. Make sure it sounds appropriate. And then really think after you read it and be like, how are people going to respond to this? Like, it's so crazy to me. And I think an industry who's seeing it a lot more often is in the comedy industry. Like comedians especially are seeing this happen a ton, especially from their past lives. I mentioned earlier with Kevin Hart, Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle is a big one who has been kind of controversial. Yes. Both of them are funny. Um, but what stay what's on the internet stays on there forever and that stuff that's like can't go away like we can't we do have to be a little bit more mindful of what we put out there 10 years ago because what was funny 10 or 15 years ago mm-hmm. is probably not funny now there are some jokes that are but like there are some that are definitely not and it's like i i mean especially with louis ck like man like i i remember going and seeing him perform at the cellar like right before all the allegations came out. And I had such a good time. The jokes were so funny. I didn't think they were that bad. And then there were a lot of sexual jokes made, but you didn't think anything of them because it was comedy. And then it came out of like everything he did. And we were like, whoa, okay. So maybe it wasn't funny. Maybe he was saying all this shit because that's like what he thinks of women. And that's what he thinks of people. Like it's not like sarcasm. Like this is what he thinks. And that's what's so scary is mm-hmm. you never know now if somebody, if that's truly what they think or if that's them being sarcastic and trying to make a joke. Honestly, I, yeah, I don't know because I just feel like everywhere I turn these people who, you know, I think they're a great comedian, a great singer, a great actor, whatever, you know, I turn the corner and up oh, they're a pedophile or up oh, they rape somebody or, oh, like, you know, they... They fucked up hard and it's or like they said a racist comment. Yeah. They said an anti uh, LGBT comment, like something that takes the right or acceptance away from somebody. It's when when these past things come out from, you know, like five, 10, 15 years ago of these things that people said it did. It's. It's tricky because society is always changing. And I'm not saying that all these comments are okay or any way, shape, or form okay. But we do also need to look at, okay, what exactly was said? How does the How is the person now? Because people can also change. People are allowed to change. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's how a lot of celebrities who have tried to have been canceled realize their actions and apologize for them. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is like recognizing like, Hey, maybe I wasn't informed before. Hey, maybe I said something Mm -hmm. without thinking. And I think as long as there, that apology is there and you're actively doing something to change it and make yourself better. Mm -hmm. I think we, we shouldn't be as quick to cancel somebody. Exactly. We need to look at their behavior now. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're looking at their behavior back then, but what are they doing now? Have they changed? Are they better now? Or are they still we the still... same racist, anti-LGBTQ, sexist person they were five, 10, 15 years ago? I, I think it just makes it like, it's so hard. Cause like all, I don't know. We, you see it all the time on the internet. Like every day someone else is trying to get canceled and it's like, with all the fake news and shit that goes on in the world, it's, it makes it so hard to believe. It's hard. Be, it's also hard too, because you know, 
are they canceling this person because they actually did something bad or are they jumping to cancel this person because they just don't like this celebrity exactly and which is why i think people are so ready to cancel taylor swift because the the thing with taylor swift is either you love her or you hate her is what i found it's the same thing with the kardashians Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of fire under kylie and chloe over the last couple years since they had their babies of being bad moms. And I'm like, why is everyone so quick to cancel a mom? Like don't mom shame. Just don't do it. Yes. People don't like that family. I get it. I am not like, Oh my God, I fucking love them. But I'm also not like, Oh my God, I fucking hate them. Like they're very successful businesswomen. As much as people don't want to admit it, they built a brand that has lasted for 14 years and they did that shit. But that doesn't give you the right to shame someone for being a mom. Like, and it bothers me so much, like how much people go on social media and try and shame them. Their kids are going to see this. And Mm -hmm. that's what you have to think about. Like, because the internet is here to stay, like if that person has children or has young children, they're going to see that shit. They're going to see that so easily. And we want to be better for our children. We want to be better for the next generation. And we do need to be really mindful now more than ever because 20 years ago, I couldn't look up necessarily what somebody said on Twitter because Twitter wasn't around. Mm -hmm. I can't look up what a post was 20 years ago because I'd have to go to MySpace or some other random fucking place because in 2000 and 1999, those social platforms just weren't there. Mm -hmm. I I mean, we'd love to hear from you guys. What do you think about all of this? Should we be so quick to cancel people? Should we be more methodical before we immediately cancel them? Reach out to us because I don't fucking know. I, it's a strange world we live in with the internet uh, because we can find information so easy. Yep. But is that information correct? Is the problem that we are starting to have now? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what's happened with all of this. It's like, yes, there are so many opinion pieces out there and there should be but it makes it really difficult to navigate what are the facts. Even if something looks like a legitimate website, it may not be. Like even New York Times, for example, there's so many opinion pieces out there. New York Post, LA Times, CNN. Like there are credible companies that have opinion pieces that can be posed for facts. And that's what's really difficult, in my opinion. I I don't know. I, yeah, man damn internet i love it and i hate it so much i really do but i think i think the good in all of this is that we are we're we're talking about it right like we're talking about yes we do need to hold people accountable for their actions and people Mm -hmm. do need to feel remorse if they did something wrong like this because i think if you don't feel remorse that's fucked up if you don't recognize that your comments you made five or ten years ago were wrong then there's clearly something wrong with you. And it, it it's a thing of as long as that person has apologized, we don't need to cancel them. And if they've apologized and are trying to do better and be mm-hmm. better, we need to take that into account. Because, okay, they can apologize. But it they, can't be a fake apology. It, it, it can't be a fake apology. They have to do better. If they're not doing better, they didn't mean their apology. They're just trying to save their own ass, save their career. And you know what's crazy to think of? I'm sitting here trying to like think of an example of someone I know, and I don't know that many people who have apologized and tried to do better. I don't, yeah, I... Like somebody who was outright canceled, like really think about it. Like can't, yeah, like canceled over something. Uh, you know who I think of actually? Uh, in a, the more negative sense, Aziz Ansari. Remember what he got canceled? Yeah, I do. And I remember. There was a lot of controversy about the cancellation. Don't get me wrong. It was a huge article um, during the Me Too movement. When did he get canceled? Did he get canceled 2018 or 2019? I thought it was 2017. Was it 2017? 2017, 2018. But you don't hear about him anymore. No. And And that was someone who came out, was really remorseful during the apology. Um. But it's also like, what has he done to do better? I watched his comedy special on Netflix last year. I remember this. Um, so 2019, I don't know what this comedy special was. I remember he did discuss th- what happened. And he kind of joked about it. It was a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, Ugh, big yikes. I don't know. I mean, I with 
because he because he got canceled over sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a very controversial case because I feel it. Of some the, things are really hard to come back from, really hard. And I'm not I'm not saying that like one thing is worse than the other because all this shit is bad. But I just sexual assault coming back from that one when mm-hmm. you're accused of it is really mm-hmm. fucking hard. It's really difficult and probably is not likely to happen. But it's, you know, it's crazy. We just kind of forget about these people after they've been canceled. And I really hope that people start to be a little bit more mindful, especially in this upcoming election. We don't know what's going to happen as much as we want to say, you know, on either side. There are people on the right who say, yep, Trump's going to win. No doubt about it. There are plenty of people on the left who say Biden's going to win. No doubt about it. We can't say that for sure yet. And I think we do need to be careful about the comments we make about either candidate up until then um, in terms of non-factual comments. There are plenty of comments I will make about um, Trump that are factual. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of comments I'll make about Biden that Mm -hmm. are factual. And those are the only ones that I will make because there is truth behind it. There's evidence behind it. I'm not going to go and support anybody who says a comment that doesn't have facts or evidence behind it. And I think just making sure that we are mindful is going to be really, really, really key. And especially with, you know, who does replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I think everybody is kind of like watching right now. Like the world is watching. America is watching. And we need to make sure that the message we're putting out there is the correct message. God, sometimes I feel like we're living in 2020, the movie. I feel like this whole damn year I've been just stressed, like really concerned. I just really want to take a nap and wake up and it's 2021. Wake me up when September ends and wake me up when this fucking year ends. Wake me up when September ends, when November ends, when October ends, when December ends. Just all all January of next year. Wake me up when it's January. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, on that note, we are out of time for today's episode. Um, if you guys really do have any opinions on this, please let us know. Hit us up on Instagram at Keeping It Together Podcast or Facebook. We have a very active Facebook page now. Mm-hmm. Um, or even our email. We've been getting a lot of great questions and DMs from you guys for future episodes. Um, hit us up, Keeping It Together Podcast at gmail.com. That email may be changing soon to. K-I-T, something I'm trying to figure out because I'm going to get us a domain name very quickly here. Um, so TBD on what that will be. But for now, keeping it together podcast at gmail.com. Um, keeping it together podcast at gmail.com. I can't say it again because my voice is really dry and I really have to cough. Anyways, thank you guys once again for tuning in to episode 3.8. Once again, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 3.9. I'm sure it's what it takes to stop me going under Stop the thunder at my door Oh yes, it's true, I need you You have taught me